Okay. Now, I said it would be my turn to say welcome, didn't I? So I should do that, really. The only thing I worry about is that... Now, I'm going to do it still anyway, but you, you always... You sound much bubblier than me, so you make it sound like it's going to be good fun. Oh, it is good fun. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> I can't change my tone of voice, so it just sounds a bit business-like. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. That's what I worry about. Yeah. But I do... <laughs> I do also agree with a fair division of labour, so... <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. So I'm Peter, I do, I'm do. i a stand-up comedian based in the UK, and I'm speaking to my yoga teacher, Kayla, also based in the UK, but not originally from the UK, but it doesn't matter, does it? I didn't even know if I need to mention that, so... Hi, everyone! <laughs> so it's September. Yeah. Have you got anything... Are you doing that you want to tell me yeah, about? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a little bit behind on my schedule planning, but you can expect a online class for the autumnal solstice, possibly a special class for the kind of harvest time and this time of year. I'm planning on doing some workshops. All of that will be online. And so you don't really have to be in the UK to participate. Obviously, time differences can't make a difference. Yeah, you can be anywhere in the world, but obviously... Or on the moon. You could stuff... be listening to this in 2050. You could be on the moon. You could... You're going to miss the class, though, if you're <laughs> listening to it in 2050. <laughs> Most of the information gets sent out in my monthly email. So if you really want to know what I've got on, make sure you signed up for my monthly email. And it really is monthly. Don't worry. I'm not going to bombard you with loads of emails you don't want. <laughs> It's all there. It's all on my website. KaylaMcCormack.com. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> what about you? What have you got going on? I'm, well, I'm going to holiday, actually. So that's just me bragging. But, um, <laughs> so don't rob my house. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, there's just, I don't know, just, I do just have gigs. Uh, you can find out where I am if you want to see me do 20 minutes in front of strangers. And it's PeterBrushComedy.com. Other than that, I just uh, these are on YouTube now. These episodes. So if you go at C O W M Y T, is that right? Pod. Sorry. See, wherever chats over coffee with my yoga teacher is is a, an acronym, and then pod at the end of it. Or you just search for that. That has all the episodes on now as well. So if nice. you prefer to listen on there or listen to themed ones, they're in different playlists and stuff now. And I've started sharing that as well in my email. So that link is also in my emails. When people get my monthly newsletter, they'll get the YouTube link as well. Because I think that's really handy to have the YouTube link. Yeah, it's, just, it's very easy, easy, isn't it, YouTube? And We should, some at some point, we should surprise everyone by recording the video and then putting that in as well. I'd have to shave for that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but we could show everyone how, our, how we're set up and how we talk. I think it'd break the spell, wouldn't it? So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they think we're in a fancy studio. Exactly, they think we're in a studio, yeah. <laughs> and so should we, I don't know, just maybe, I think I've done a very bad job taking the lead here. but Yeah, well, well done for getting through what we've got on this month coming up. Now you can enjoy the show. Thank you, you've saved it. <laughs> you know, like, religion in the West is, is it's not in its heyday, is it? It's less popular than it was. <laughs> okay. But spirituality without religion has mm. somewhat replaced it. So you're more likely yeah. to wear a crystal around your neck than a crucifix. Okay. But you know like how like when there's an illness out there and you need to vaccinate a certain amount of people to get herd immunity? Mm-hmm. Will the same thing happen now that there are fewer crucifixes around people's necks with vampires? Do you think they're going to come back? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, let's just say yes. That could be a conspiracy, couldn't it? Like the whole thing could have been a vampire conspiracy to uh, discredit religion and get people to not, not wear them anymore. Something to think about, isn't it? I like that conspiracy theory. I'll hop on board with that one. And I'll also stay inside my house. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I thought we would talk about mudras. Is that what you said you wanted to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I want to know about mudras, but I don't know if people know what a mudra is. So Yeah, so you want to start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so a mudra yeah. is, to me, it's just like moving your hands in different places and touching various fingers together, isn't it? Really? Yeah, like, so, it's like poses for your hands. Yeah, you could think of it like that. Yeah, so a yoga mudra is normally thought of as like a gesture with your hand. So like if you were to bring your thumb and your index finger together or something like that, like that would be a mudra. And you see that in people meditating, you know, positions with their hands. And if you ever look at some of the Buddhist statues, like, and there's quite a few different Buddhas, if you look at them, they've got their hands in some interesting positions as well, usually down by their hips and things, you know. So if you're looking for them, you'll spy them. But it's worth mentioning that um, it's not necessarily restricted to just hands. There are a few yoga mudras that are full yoga poses, and I think even some breathing techniques and stuff. So uh, the word mudra means seal, so like a lock, like a seal. And the idea is that it's like an energy lock. And I th- I've read recently that it also, it also it comes from two Sanskrit words, meaning like mudam and drava. So mudra, kind of a mixing of them both. And that means bliss or happiness. And then drava means like to draw forth or to, to, to bring. So it's kind of like the idea of kind of bringing forth like something more blissful. You know, it's about kind of bringing that in, which is kind of interesting. But a lot of mudras have a meaning or or like a, a point to them or a focus, which I could explain one if you want. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't want no, to. No, go on, dude. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll explain one mudra. It's called chin mudra, which is a very common one, or chin mudra. I'm going to pop an accent on it. But um, it's the thumb in the index finger, and you just bring them together. So you make a circle with your hand, and then the other finger like just kind of go okay. where it's comfortable. Yeah, okay. Although that's racist now, <laughs> isn't it? That's, you know, that's the white. Is it? Yeah, isn't that the... Um, some people have said that that's still like a white supremacy signal now. I don't get out enough, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not online <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's yeah. the sound of things. Okay, well, that's new to me. Ignoring that... <laughs> It just to explain that a little bit more, you bring your thumb and your index finger together, but the, the back of the hand is facing down. So you can rest your hands on your lap or on your knees or something. So the, the index finger and the thumb are facing up towards the ceiling. So that's kind of... Yes, it's not the I same as the... It's not the same as like having them down by your sides or, you know, something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's not the same it, as it holding the, one hand up and doing the <laughs> okay sign, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it does look different. It does, yeah, okay. Um, so... I'll stop being no, a prick throwing now, me so. off my game now. <laughs> It's fine. So yeah, so going over the idea of mudras, they're that they're that symbol, that lock, that that, and it's the idea is there's a form or concept there that we're trying to embody. So if you talk about chin mudra, the thumb is a symbol of cosmic, or you could say divine, something large, you know, like that, and the index finger is a symbol of individual, so humanity and consciousness. So when we bring them together, we're bringing those together. So the ultimate goal of yoga is that oneness. So then you kind of say like, um, cause you know, hatha, ha, sun, moon, 
it's about finding balance and bringing them together that yin and that yang so those two things that you in a sense your individuality or or individual human consciousness with like a cosmic consciousness or divine and you're kind of bringing those together and then that is like this is a desire you've got a desire to see something beyond yourself to feel something bigger than just you to know that there's something out there so then that's kind of part of that the other thing is in chinese medicine this is a a route around the metal element so in chinese five medicine you have that metal is a bit of an odd term but that's what they use they use a lot of terms that i find a little bit odd in chinese medicine i don't know much about it but they say that obviously because it's the best connector when you're bringing them together this is your connection the cosmic world and inspiration intuition all dwell in that element so then you're that's that symbol for their kind of metal thing as well so you've got the energy from the outside and then the energy from the inside so you're kind of combining both divine and human inside and outside and then in the gesture you've got a closed loop so you've got this this closed kind of unity and i know you could think of it as like the small and the large, the macro and the micro. There's like so many layers or ways to think about the same concept. What we're trying to do when we take something like Chin Mudra is the idea that we're kind of digging into these kind of old texts and feelings and trying to embody them as best we can. So when you look up mudras and what each individual mudra means, you'll find... I mean, you can find just like a simple definition, like hand movements or locks or seals, but you'll also find something very long-winded and explanatory and might repeat itself in different ways like i'm doing now Mm. Mm. (laughs) so it comes becomes very like what but basically what they're just they're just trying to explain something in a way that resonates so you could say you and god you can say you know outside energy and inside energy you can say you know um that that metal conducting circle that goes round and round and that energy in the hands you know it's just so many different ways of saying the same thing but that's just one mudra And then there are like very physical benefits. Obviously, when you take mudras, you are kind of using your um, hand sensory areas of the brain. So waking up that kind of area of the brain, actually making sure the brain is active and in use. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, when people who who use, who read Braille, they have better use of that area of the brain. Like you can do scans and their brain, that part of their brain is a bit more switched on because they read in Braille. Mm -hmm. So it is like that. It's like training the brain to keep to keep healthy and switch on. So there's a very physical side of it as well. For me, when I tend to do it in a in a yoga class, especially if you do, if you'll see it sometimes in dancer's pose when you're taking a balance. I like to do that because it gives you something to focus on. So not just like with your with your eyes. You can look at it with your eyes if you're not too wobbly. <laughs> but it also gives you something to feel. So you can, you know, feel your fingerprints together. You can feel the pressure and it just gives your brain something to do that isn't worrying about falling over. So it's just another way to focus as well. But basically your mudras can be kind of whatever you want. There's, I think there's like 25 mudras in Hatha yoga and there's more in like Kundalini yoga. So there's quite a lot out there and you can slightly change them. So if you like the idea of your chin mudra being, you know, human and cosmic, when you put one over the other, that could mean something slightly different. But then on one side, you could say that that's your opinion. So you could say that that means something different. Like if you hold the the finger down with the thumb, you could say, oh, well, the universe is trying to give me more or something like that. You know, there's loads to it. But I think it really is a representation of what you're trying to achieve internally. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, What else could I say? (laughs) 
so it works with your subtle body you know your mental body your subtle body the energy channels that run through the body on like your your nadis and your prana and your chakras if you want to say stuff like that that is the idea of them as well is that it's supposed to be channeling that kind of energy through the body so you're making connections somewhere to try and focus that energy and then it brings your mind into focus as well because obviously they symbolize something that you're supposed to remember what they symbolize and then that concept is there you, with you during your do you your think that when you're doing it then or do you just because i just feel like oh. it's slightly uh, they're often slightly uncomfortable yeah when you hold your hands in yeah when you hold positions. your hands in different positions it's just like to me it's just a slightly uncomfortable thing i'm not really thinking about the any connections mm. or anything and, well, in, in, my head, I, in my head in my head i sort of think oh because it's slightly uncomfortable it must be good for me in a way you know? <laughs> well yeah a bit a bit of that yeah I mean, um, you know in terms of forming connections and stuff like doing something yeah. that's like, as long as it's not painful like uh, maybe yeah, of I course. Mean, it's like well we do quite a few in the brain class that i that i taught because it does work the brain you know yeah, it does, yeah, that's it's sort a of challenge I mean, yeah, you know that coordination and stuff so yeah if if you come at it from that point of view there's nothing wrong with that that's, that's it, absolutely fine so, but it's just going back slightly when you said this so the chin Chin mudra, is that what it's called? Mm. Chin or shin? C-H-I-N, yeah, yeah. like your chin. Chin, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you could put teen and then it sounds a little bit <laughs> foreign. Yeah, oh no, I'm but not going to butcher an accent. Um, <laughs> you said that there's a Chinese sort of way of looking at it, sort of, mm. but that suggested that there are other, or not origins, but you know, other, so maybe there's what a... Uh, an Indian way or Nepalese way or something as well. Yeah, so, so, so Chin Mudra will most likely be Indian from that country. Uh, the Chinese five elementary theory brings that these two fingers are the metal element. And it's the same pose. Metal line. And it's the same. So what's yeah. the, not entom, not entomology, like you'd, is that what you say? If, is entomology when... Is that a word or is that when the bugs? No, it's ent- <laughs> I'm, try, I'm not sure. Is it entomology or... En- one of them's bugs. One's one entomology and one's etymology. One of them's yeah. bugs and one of them's words. One of them's words, yeah. <laughs> we'll let and, the and, listeners and neither, decide. Neither of them really mean what I'm trying to say, but well, certainly the bugs <laughs> one of them. But the, so <laughs> instead of being the origin of the word, so the, the actual thing is the same, but there's two different interpretations of it. So at one point, as someone sort of not nicked it, but made it their own sort of, yeah, it's really I mean, hard when you're talking about these kind of stuff because this is like over five thousand years yeah, I'm not old. Yeah, so I'm, not, I'm history... not telling you which one to figure out which one nicked it or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I wouldn't try even if he asked. No, but you but know, that's, I, I mean, that's what like, culture is anyway, isn't it? It's just yeah. like using things that work for other people and then giving your own interpretations on it. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. it's like how Greek yeah. like thought changes um, Christian thought, and at some point they just like mm-hmm. or whatever, and the, how the Romans co-opted. You know, Christianity, like it's the same kind of thing in some ways. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to find out who did it first, but it's interesting that the same thing seems to work for both of them, but they've got maybe slightly different interpretations as to what they're actually doing. I think, for specifically this kind of side of things, when we start talking about like the subtle body, is what we call it in yoga, which is like your nadis, your your energy flow, your chakras, your shishuna. So usually that's imagined to go up the spine. That's the serpent that sits at the base of the spine. But basically, the idea is is that you have these energies. But I, I have found for my own like deciding what I want to understand or accept or move into that our language is a little bit limited 
And sometimes we put concepts into words. And obviously, things that are really old, they didn't have ways of explaining it like we would explain it now. So I think that when you, you talk about working with the subtle body, a way to think about that is to, is working with your automatic nervous system. So things that happen without you having to choose them to happen. Like you don't have to think to breathe. You don't have to tell your heart to pump. You know, you don't do those things. They're all automatic. So I think sometimes when we work with the subtle body and the way they describe the subtle body and movements and techniques and things to work with your subtle body, it's almost like working with your nervous system. So if you struggle with the idea of chakras and nadis and chi and energy flows and things like that just think of it in terms of your nervous system because that is a very healthy way to look at it and you do have a nervous system and it's full of energy (laughs) fast as light so that you can move your body (laughs) yeah you sort of said that before yeah that we didn't you wouldn't have had the you know nerve knowledge of the nervous system and those frameworks years ago so you would call it something else and Mm -hmm. they may have been a bit more mystical back then whereas we're just you know hardcore cynics these days aren't we but um yeah yeah, um, and the mystical side of it could be our interpretation as well they might not have felt that it was mystical yeah 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 i guess yeah that's a good point they might have said that was very physical you know especially when you talk about things like acupuncture where they literally are poking you know something into your skin so they're not going to think that that's mystical even though we would interpret it that as mystical now because it's like oh your energy line and you poke it you know what i mean it was that orient it's sort of orientalism isn't it i guess yeah that's yeah. chinese medicine yeah. yeah yeah no no i mean like isn't that the the way that the western world romanticizes eastern thought and stuff oh as being mystical yeah when really <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit like well, condescending in some ways, perhaps. Yeah, I but, think yeah, so. Yeah. I think it is a little bit condescending because I think there's a lot of truth behind it. And I think a lot of these old systems as well emphasize your thoughts a lot more than any Western medicine I've ever seen. Like, I mean, obviously we have psychiatrists in therapy and I'm not saying that. And we know that there are psychological disorders that come from stress, say, and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that we don't realize that. But I think that in the West, we don't emphasize it quite as much as we could do in terms of like, you know, have you tried meditating every day? Have you tried this? Have you tried, you know, I think we're very happy to give pills and send people on their way. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a different, you know. yeah, we do think medicines, uh, I think we give it not too much credence, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know if we sometimes see it as the evolving thing that it is. And yeah. I think it's more in its infancy than maybe we want to, let ourselves believe it to be and in 20 years time we'll look back at some of the things we do now and think that that was barbaric because if you look at some of the things yeah we look at the (laughs) lack of knowledge about certain things 20 years ago and some of the practices we would have been doing then i mean maybe you sort of you know slowly move forward in some ways and everything maybe slowly sort of incrementally gets better with evidence-based stuff and whatever but um yeah it's a bit of a i think it's a bit seductive to think that people have cracked it now i just think there is so much that we just don't know and there's also a lot that perhaps we kind of know but it's not in anyone's best interest to tell the world so i'm not that sounds a bit conspiracy no, theory but i just mean like does you have to admit everyone's going to agree the to some extent <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying everyone will agree to some extent that if there's no money or real thing behind what they found or this data or something that they've decided it's going to get less attention or well, antibiotics you know there's no incentive to create new antibiotics because the money is not there whereas the money's all in you know other stuff yeah it's a similar idea i mean for another idea that i've 
thought recently, and I'm sure this has been for last at least last five years or more, I think. But like, you know, there's been a lot about look at gut health. But one of the things about gut health has been like the bacteria. And we create the way we grow our food on an industrial scale is very there's no there's nothing there. Well, I mean the soil association push it so much because they're like, our soil is dead. There's nothing in it. You can take the soil. There's nothing there. There's no microbes. There's no bugs. There's nothing in it because we keep spraying it with pesticides and things. But what they've decided and what other people have decided as well is we need that. We need that dirt. We, we need the in our stomachs, actually inside of us, because if we don't replenish it every like few hours, they die and that's it. So we need it. So the fact that we're sterile in our way of making things is making us have problems with our digestion. And I don't just mean like going to the loo or feeling a bit bloated. I mean like gaining weight, feeling hungry all the time, getting angry, feeling tired, all of these things that like are life-changing problems. Like you could go to the doctor for and get diagnosed with, you know, chronic fatigue because you, you're tired all the time. It could just be having, having no dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Your food's not dirty and no bugs, you know all. what I mean? But this is kind of new information, but they're not, they don't, it's not really like I don't know they're not doing like weird transplants or anything trying to put bugs back inside of you if you yeah, if you're yeah. ill so it's obviously like an area we could definitely improve in and obviously I'm not a doctor I haven't done any research on it I just read about it and then go whoo <laughs> but like it is definitely there because they've done loads of experiments and loads of tests on like twin subjects and all this kind of stuff so it's definitely a problem when you don't have that microbiome that's really healthy and I think we definitely all know that now but not eating some sauerkraut is not going to put that back. Like all of your food has to be more natural and more buggy than it is mm. when you just buy, you know, your sterile apples and stuff. <laughs> but I mean, obviously more, some people have loads of problems from it and some people might not have any problems from it, which is another not very great thing for science because yeah, science yeah, wants yeah, things to be clear cut and straightforward. And <laughs> well, that just means that it's going to take hundreds of years to get the data rather than, you know... Exactly. And I mean, I read even that breathing in, like if you go to the woods and you breathe in the smell of the trees and the soil and the the rotting vegetation leaves and stuff like that, even that you are breathing in bacteria and bugs and fungus and stuff. And that is something your body needs. That will go into your digestive system even. So it's like even just being outside could help you. It sort of stigmatized the idea of bacteria, isn't it? Because of the bad mm. ones. It's like a... Yeah, because obviously mm. it was bad. And, it, and some of it is really dangerous for you and stuff. It's like uh, how racists think about all uh, certain ethnic groups, don't they? One or two. <laughs> they're all the same. But they're not. <laughs> they're not all the same. Yeah. I read um, Bill Bryson's yeah. book about science recently. And it's like quite all-encompassing and stuff. So there's like... But it's it's detailed enough to feel like you're learning... But he sort of basically yeah. says in it, he's talking about bacteria. And it sort of makes it sound as if that we basically are bacteria. And that. <laughs> Have we got that much in us that we just pretty are? Pretty much we are, yeah. Or that. <laughs> That's amazing. They use us, but and we're just like a vessel for them, really. Like all, mm. of our, all of our functions wouldn't happen without them at all, yeah. would they? So. Yeah. I mean, like loads of things, not just your digestion. That's just one example, but loads of things need them to work properly. And they're eating your skin at the same, at the right, you know. I mean, isn't, yeah. Isn't something, uh, <laughs> I think that I read in there, it said that if you had a pillow like over a couple of years or something, then about like half of it is going to be dead insects and weight of dead skin that, you know. Yeah. But you can't see it, so. But it's natural, right? Yeah, it's natural. The whole idea that we should be sterile is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go off what you can see if it looks clean. 
Well, it's if it doesn't, if you can't actually see them writhing about, it's not really going to bother, <laughs> is it? So, well, even I've heard that there are some cheeses that you can leave out on the side and watch them change shape. Oh, did you have you heard about that cheese in? Um, it's a delicacy in Italy, but you can't eat it legally, so you have to buy it on like the black market, and it's got. <laughs> I forget the name of it, but it's basically got. Um, you're going to pull a face uh, uh, and go ooh when I say this, but it's okay. got it's got live maggots in it when you eat it, and I forget okay. the name of it. But it's like it's a delicacy. It's supposed to be really nice. Um, oh. It's not. I don't think it's vegetarian. I, I'm just imagining guys but, in like black trench coats passing yeah, cheese yeah. in dark alleyways. Like the mafia, cheese. Got, yeah, it is exactly. mafia country. So I've got cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but I forget the name of it. But it's a delicacy. It's supposed to be really good and it'd be like one of those ones which probably smells rancid but it's quite nice yeah one. i mean it might be a bit crunchy i don't know i was thinking squidgy to me but you know i've never actually eaten that kind of insect before i don't think um, i'm not yeah, sure whether it's actually unhealthy or whether it's you know there is a regulation issue with it or something mm. or i don't well, know well i know there's a lot of regulation issues in the u.s with certain types of um cheeses and stuff that they just take what do they what do we like to say health and safety gone mad or whatever yeah, yeah. sometimes they've just gone a little bit too far and there's actually nothing wrong with it like some of the cheeses here wouldn't be legal in america and stuff like that even though there's nothing wrong with them and they're perfectly safe it's the woke and cheese actually board, a bit good for you. <laughs> exactly anyway i feel like we're going a bit off tangent but basically um mm. i think that coming back to the fact that you know modern medicine that you would go to a doctor for is really good if you have a serious problem but you know the best thing you can do is take your health into your own hands and educate yourself and one of the best things you can do for your body is notice what's going on in your mind because that's one of the biggest things that will affect how you feel and what's like literally if you are constantly stressed you will be ill your body will get ill some something will happen it will show up physically so I think maybe old medicines used to put a lot more focus onto the mental side of things, like having control or like these mudras being seals, locking something in or trying to gain something or get something. You know, if you feel lethargic or really sad or disconnected or something, you would you could potentially think about taking chin mudra con- to connect you with the world again, to connect you with all, with other people and with the wholeness. And, and then even if it doesn't actually do anything from like a, I don't know, scanning you with x-rays and stuff and looking and trying to figure out actually if anything is happening. Even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter if your mindset has changed. Because if you feel better from it, then it's, it's worked. Yeah, it must know? be a very difficult thing to... Uh, I saw someone share, someone I like a lot, share a thing the other day showing some article that said no actual physical benefits measured from mindfulness or meditation practice. But then I sort of thought, well, how would you measure it anyway? Like, it's very... Have you got something that contradicts mm. that? You're, well, you can continue your thought while I find Your, your eyebrows are twitching there in a very mischievous <laughs> sort of way. But... But then, you know, that, I mean, that's, that study may well say that, but I was sort of thinking it must be a very, very difficult to thing to tangibly, you know. So what's this other study then, the one you were about to show me that... Well, the thing that I, that I remembered that I was, I was looking up was um, actually it's, it talks about no, yoga nidras. So it's a type of meditation that's guided. And that said, um, that it gave it gives me... A, it gives me? I don't think that's English. There it shows a little chart... And then on the chart are all these waves, kind of like sound waves, but they're um, brain this book frequency come from? waves. This book is this produced by Big Yoga, like. <laughs> yes, produced by Big Yoga, and uh, Big Yoga says that 
um, it goes through the waves in the brain and, and it says gamma waves are when you're fully awake, beta, wave, um, beta waves are when you're fully awake, but, you know, conscious and thinking and stuff. And alpha waves are your first stage of sleep. Theta waves are your next stage of sleep. So uh, uh, subconscious. So alpha waves are when you're relaxing and theta waves are when you're kind of a bit subconscious, a bit tired very relaxed but delta waves are like a deep dreamless sleep so when you're when you're really resting when your brain kind of really switches off or whatever and it's unconscious and rejuvenation so basically what they were saying here was that there is evidence to show that as you meditate it doesn't replace because a lot of people say that yoga nidra replaces your sleep like it's like yogic sleep but actually they're saying that it's not yogic sleep it's more like relaxation and meditation brings you gamma waves which is your most alert waves in your brain but not in like an anxious kind of way just like really switched on really clear really easy to think like no brain fog like your best brain day you've ever had where everything just seems to click and you understand everything that's the state you supposedly get to during meditation so in some ways, they have measured the benefits, whether that's enough of a measurement or whether that's physical or something. But if you were really clear and never had any brain, never had any foggy brain days, surely that would make you a little bit more happy. I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, it kind of have a knock on effect. Well, if, I think if you want uh, to try and measure it that way. I think I'd want to believe that and I think it probably would have a positive physical benefit i'm just wondering where we actually terms come to studies and stuff how measurable something is and then obviously i think it's really difficult to measure studies a lot of stuff. And all that sort of thing so as i said like yeah. I, I don't th- i think it took them years to even though they kind of knew smoking was bad i think it did take them a long time to you know rule out plus there was all things. the people paying the legislators oh yeah and yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i'm glad that doesn't happen anymore <laughs> but, so these other were you about to say something else there? No, no, go for it, no. go for it. I'm just thinking of, um, I can't think of any specific mudras that I've done or no, but I just sort of think, we I'm have, just thinking of, um, I'm just thinking of all of the emojis that they have for like hand like <laughs> things. It's not, like Spock or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a mudra, but you can do it. Anything can be a mudra if you want it to be. I suppose that's what we've decided today, right? Though that does make me feel more like a chameleon. Yeah, no, no. Then a Vulcan. <laughs> <Then> a Vulcan. <laughs> but like um, lotus mudra, so that's where you put the wrists together, pinkies together, thumbs together, and all the other fingers spread out wide. That's a good one. Like I the like Sarlacc pit in Star Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bit. Or Venus flytrap, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It looks maybe. a bit like. I can probably find some more. I mean, do you have any favorites? I mean, there's anything ones you like doing, and if there are, uh, why are they your favorites? But booty, booty. I don't know how to say some of these words, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but it's B U D D I H. So with the double D's, do you do you pronounce the U differently? Anyway, booty mudra you is have to, your thumb I don't know the entomology of the. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about these bugs and these mudras, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's your thumb and your pinky, and then the rest of the fingers go up straight. I find that one really difficult because my pinky and my ring finger are very, you know, are very connected. And so when you bring your pinky and your thumb together, the ring finger wants to kind of come down 
It doesn't, mm. it doesn't always want to stay up. If you hold the top of the nail of the pinky, then that's a heck of a lot easier. But if you try to bring the tips of the fingers together, it's going to make your ring fingers not want to stay straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's... that's yeah, they kind of do yeah. this little like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite. Your ring finger's a bit of a rebel, isn't it? For, it uh, is. It's a real rebel. So that's one of my favorites because I find that difficult to hold. Uh, I find that quite nice. But really, I really like um, Lotus Mudra for when you're balancing and stuff. That's quite nice. It's got a nice mental image as well, like the idea of the lotus flower being the reason why you see it so much in yoga is because it's it's this beautiful thing that has stemmed from this horrible mucky undergrowth so lotus flowers don't tend to grow in really clean lakes they have to be little kind of stagnant and a bit dirty and it's got a lot of soil and stuff in it so it's it's not like oh i'll go swimming with the lotus flowers Mm -mm. (laughs) you know they're so they rise above all the mud and even though we could say it's clean in terms of like you wouldn't get sick but like it's not clean as in like you come out with mud on you and stuff you know but you know they rise above all of that and they sit on the surface and they're you know it's this this idea of you know there's loads of um methods of thinking about you know one world being above the water and the other beneath and things like that i know people use that as a way to describe death sometimes you know when they say like um because uh, dragonflies live for a long time in the water and then when they leave they can't get back in the water but they're still alive i think some Sometimes that's used as a euphemism for death as well and stuff, yeah. I don't know if that's... We haven't done an episode about death yet. No, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a bit dark? I'm not sure. (laughs) Oh, we all die, though, maybe. We do, yeah. And then all of our molecules get reused, so that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's another thing Bill Bryson said. I've said it before about how your molecules would have been some other person. So, But he said that... Oh, yeah. He said that in the book, and this was written 20 years ago... So a part of you could have been a part of Shakespeare or someone like that, but it's not mm. soon enough for part of your body to have formally been Elvis. Apparently, <laughs> apparently more time needs to pass before the Elvis molecules Damn. make their way into... <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's all for mudras then. We're happy with that? Yeah, I'm really happy with that. I mean, I'll have to listen back to it, but I think I'm happy with that. I feel like I jabbered a lot, so I must have done something right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, when you jabber and you listen to your own jabbering, you think you're jabbering, but other people aren't as self-conscious about it. You know? Yeah. So. Well, sometimes I think like, oh my God, you know, because when you're talking, you don't hear. Like, yeah. if you had a transcript of someone writing what you were saying as you were saying it, then maybe you could be like, oh yeah, I'm on track. But because you're like just talking and then afterwards you're like, what did I even say? Did I just say a load of nonsense? Because you can't almost like, you can't remember from like a dictate, like um, diction style. You can't remember what you said. So it's kind of like, did I say everything? Did I say too much? Did I ramble? Mm. So when I listen back, then I judge myself. I try to be a bit open and not just think I sound stupid. But <laughs> sometimes I feel like I sound rambly and then I listen to it and I think, oh no, that sounds fine. <laughs> so so Mudras is fine, that's that then. Um, yes. So next week, death. Or, <laughs> or next oh, man. episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Obviously love to hear any comments, anything you want to say, reach out. If you want to tell, tell other people about the show, that'd be good. We wouldn't mind that. Yeah. yeah. Express It'd be nice if you to... want to spread the love, you know. So if you're not subscribed, press subscribe and put nice comments on YouTube, whatever you want to do. Press that thumbs up button. Yeah. Um, should we just go? Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs>